Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lord, we just want to say thank you, Father, we give you all We bless your name for what you are doing. We thank you for 25 years' journey. We bless your name. Who is like unto you, O Lord? Who is like unto you? You are glorious in holiness. You are fearful in praises. You are forever doing wonders. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. Lord, we give you praise. We want to say thank you. Blessed be your name, O Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank God for God's faithfulness and how far God has brought us for 25 years. I just want to just say, you know, I just want to say a few things in just about five minutes around that. I think it's important that we, we, you know, even as we celebrate God's faithfulness, it's important also that we, I'll share a couple of things with us, just for us to learn, you know, in everything, in everybody that I meet, you learn from them. You know, um, one thing I would say is this is that somebody said this morning, somebody said it is God's faithfulness and is also the faithfulness of a man that has stood for 25 years. You know, um, one thing I'll just say is that one of the things I want to just, you know, us to learn is durability. Durability, standing for long. And it doesn't come by it comes by and the way God raises people you would see daddy whenever he speaks if you are uh, you know he would he, he, when he can when he's talking about somebody which most people know but some of us may not know Fakaye, he would always refer to him as Ogani and what I'm trying to say is that when he was raised I never heard from my dad until the church started. It has never crossed our in our in conversation in our house about ministry or church. Never. I have never had it once. Because it was not <laughs> the way you say my ministry to my dad is like what are you talking about? And when see but how God was raising him, I can remember those days. Behold, we will be at church at 5 o'clock in the morning or 5.30. We will clear the church and things like that. By the time we finish, everybody, you know how Sulele is as big, everybody will have gone home. It will only be me. You only see two cars there, Volkswagen and the Pigeons. Fakir's car and my dad's car. Then Baba Musa, who's the security guard of the place. And I can remember there'll be a couple of times that daddy will be coming. They are coming, they've, they've just finished to him and Fakir, they're walking down. And Fakir will get to the car. Fakir will say, ah, you know what? Let them drive, um, driver, take my car and my children and my go home. And uh, Debo, let your kids take taxi. I have not taken taxi. We need to go somewhere now. That is it. They spend the whole day. Fakir never said this or that. And daddy will say, okay. And as they leave, without asking questions, as they leave, they go to the to the seaside. Babbage. After the Babbage factory, they say, let's go to the mountain. They go to Oshu State. And they don't return again to the next morning. It was not, there was no pre, that was, I've never seen him. Fakir said, do this. And he said, oh, he, he does. Uh, yes, sir. And, and they go. That's it. You know, it was quite. It was quite, you know, it is quite, uh, it is a lot for you to see a man that came with his family and say, You are telling his family to go and take car and you come and drive me somewhere. My dad has a PhD, so he's not someone that is 
you know, that has nothing to do. But what I'm trying to say is that in those journeys, God was, God was, it was, it was a journey for him in such a way that, you know, when the time began to appear, the evidence began to appear. My dad, as far as I know, never had a title. And that was quite weird because he became Baba Egodio Fen. People, I think people don't quickly notice that because I'm not born doctor, I did it. So yeah, doctor, he might come, he might have fit, but you know, okay, he has something. At least like that. But how God was just raising him was, was through the winds. Or, or people call him Baba Ebe, Abi Babawa, and things like that. But what I'm trying to say is that, see, there were so many things that I can say or that happened. I can remember one day, Fakai told him to go and drop a letter somewhere. And he went to drop a letter somewhere. It was a church, a big church. And the man was, the, apparently the leader was blind. But God said to him that your eyes will, a man will come and will open your eyes. He said, when that man comes, give him hand over your church to him. And when daddy came in that day, he said, uh, we are distributing a um, flyer. And they said that we should, uh, they said to come and give you an envelope and things like that. The man said, the, as the man had in his room, he said, there is a man that has just entered. Can you please call him in? So when he came in, the man said, I am blind. And God said, you would open my eyes. And daddy prayed for him. And the eyes of the man opened. And the man said, I promise God that God has said to me, I'm going to hand over my church to you. My dad said, Ah, no, I have an God. I am just, I was brought here to come and give letter. That is all I'm here to do. So wait. And two weeks later, three weeks later, when Fakir had time, daddy brought Fakir down there and said, Fakir, this is my God. So hand over the church keys to him. I have not interested in those kind of things. I'm trying to point out very ways where God was testing him to know what will he do when they ask you to do this. There was opportunity that God was expressing his power. Okay, remember there was a day when he went to a church, I know you must have had him say it, when he went to a church, when there was, there has not been an LMA for there, there for a long time, and, you know, people had written the fact to, um, to tell him to come, and and they were all the elders of, of um, some major elders of Sulele came with him on the day when they came to that program, and when they said, so the leader came, and the leader said, hey, where is Fakir? He said, Fakir is busy. Okay, did he send, which of you did he send? They were like, well, he said that this Person should come and pray. Say, who is he? He said, Doctor Elijah. He said, Can't fucking understand what is going on here. And he said, Well, that is what he said. So they just said, Okay, okay, let us just pray. They not one of the I won't mention it. One of the so senior Baba say Baba he must lead the prayer for. Let us let him just, you know, let us know fucking and let him just talk for few minutes then and things like that and daddy stood there and he took the mic and he sang a song by the second verse everybody in that church that has not seen what he learned for about two or three years everybody went in trance and he just packed his bag and he stepped out what am i trying to say is that he was carrying something that fakir saw through that god placed through him but there was no day that Fakir was sitting in there and saying, what I'm teaching you now, it is, uh, it is the power for this, it's the power for that. No. Fakir would just say, we are going to Katuna. When, sir? Now. He said, eh, but I need to tell my, my uh, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. He said, I come to church on Sunday, and uh, Baba Musa will tell them that you traveled. Because then there was no phone. And you know, all those kind of things, and I have never for once in my entire life I stand before God, seen my dad ever complain once about okay. And as he was 
nobody knew he was carrying what he was carrying. The same thing, I'm not pleased, I know I don't know much. The same thing is that you will see that the person that took after Fahir is the person that people did not because those that are carrying part of him are not those that are exactly in the ones that you see in but the ones that you will say, hey, tonight you are going to learn. Sir, what happened? Don't ask me, you are going to learn. And he goes, they go, they go there. I'm just trying to, you know, I am not, I thank God, but I'm not surprised that one of the things that God does so much frequently in Dear Blessing is people hand over land and churches. So I'm building to Dear Blessing. There are so many branches that are built on lands that people have given and the building. I believe it is because God tested him then when he gave him a big church and he said, no, give it to you. This person. It is God's faithfulness, but it is important that we also learn. Because I, I, there are certain things I see about him that I, 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 I say to myself, this thing is great, this is God. But by learn from this one, this is why this is happening. Or else, you will just be praying that it will happen. You can I'm trying to say so God will help us in Jesus. You know, we can we can go on and on and on and on about I'm just trying to bring you some experience of why of him as a person. And when you see certain things around him that God has given him grace to, it's it's not things that he has worked for or you know done anything spectacular. It's just it's just God just honoring labor. And that's and and that's just wanted that you know. I have, I have, I, I, I have learned, and you, you just see him, you know, he, one of the things he hated ever, he, he, you know, he never wanted in his life to ever become a pastor. Never. Not after working with Fakir, never. Because he saw what the man was going through. He was saying, eh? <laughs> If you, you know, if they gave you too many pictures, said, what are you talking about? Because you have not seen, I saw. And he said that he can never forget the day he saw him and Fakir were in the room. And after a meeting and all these kind of things, Fakir closed the door and Fakir was crying, sobbing. Because the pressure was too much. And he said, is that what you want me to call? They come, ah, you, you don't like me. You, you don't like me. So ministry was never, never, never. He was, he was not, he was fondly said, I said, I cannot pray for my enemy to only church. He said, that's how, from what he saw, the man go through. Is it when, is it when that some, somebody brought um, a prayer gown for him um, and, and Fakir was too busy, he put it inside his car, after that they put it inside the wardrobe, all of a sudden to see come a couple of months later and see that um, leprosy had already, or whatever it is, I don't have it to put it in, you know, had already come upon, upon that route. Is it that that you want to, you know, um, be that was talking to me? And which is which is some some so many that I saw that Fakaya that was the day that um, I had, you know, uh, Fakaya had no money. It was literally penniless in the church, and somebody came in and somebody gave him um, one million naira cash in in the church. They came in and gave and they handed it over to him, and in that same room. That entire money was distributed. He had to ask somebody that, please, can you give me money to buy fuel in my car to go home? See, I thought people see men of God and say, ah, eh, eh, that that fucker eh, cannot, no, he's not, ah. <laughs> God, may God, may God help, help us, you know, you that you have five parts. To, to give that five parts, somebody saw one million in cash brought to him when he had no money and people were in need around him and he gave everything out only to go and ask people to please lend him money to get you know so those are those are the those are the training rooms of God's how God trains his people how God trains his people may God grant us grace in Jesus name 
Amen. So I just wanted to say that to us, you know, even as we celebrate 25 years of God's meaning, of God's faithfulness, it's just for us also to learn with certain things that we can learn across it. So that when you say certain things, ah, why is, why, why, where did this come from? You know where it came from. God bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Spend another five minutes. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for Facebook. I can't see until Yemi's face properly. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we are going, we are talking about establishing, establishing the kingdom, uh, establishing the kingdom. Establishing the kingdom. See, even as we talk even about the church, we talk about, you know, the, 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 the commandment God gave to us, Jesus gave to us, we said, as you go, proclaim this message. So he's saying that this, I'm not telling you to do any other thing. Proclaim this message. The kingdom of God has come near you. And please notice afterwards he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, and drive out the demon. Freely have you received, freely give. So we're just quickly going to just rush to, uh, just go to a couple of things at the time that we have. Is that you know? He said, "God, he said, and and that is quite straightforward." But 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 we would begin to have a look at how how the kingdom of God is actually established, because you begin to see as we go through that you know. Yes, we talk about the kingdom of God, but I think it's a bit of a challenge. Let's go to Colossians chapter one, verse twelve to thirteen. He says. Giving joyful thanks to the Lord the Father, who has qualified us to share in inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion or the another will tell you the kingdom of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of his son. One thing you need to first of all i, I hope you, you you know if you have not if, if you if you if you don't even understand if, if you don't agree that if i if i don't agree that i was once in my life under the dominion of the kingdom of darkness then you don't understand what they're saying here because as far as you are concerned you have ever been in the kingdom of god so the bible says that for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness Does this make sense to us? See, this is why, you know, this is why when we are talking about establishing the kingdom, Jesus said, go and proclaim kingdom. You may not, we may not really appreciate it or know what he's talking about. Yes, we understand kingdom and things like that, king and his dominion. But this scripture is saying, he has rescued us. So that means that at a time, you were under the dominion of the kingdom of darkness. If that is not true for you, but I know it's true for me, if that's not true for any other person, then that means this scripture is false or it doesn't apply to you. Or, or that person, if I say that this scripture is not, no, I am not under the dominion of darkness. Do you know what has happened? I am still under the dominion of darkness. I just did nothing. Because if I cannot differentiate that I have moved from, one, from point A to point B, then that means I'm still where I am before. So if you if you if you are not aware, because at times you know at times one of the, this is one of the things that we read about scripture when we read scripture at times you know we say ah God has uh, taken me from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of death so I am no our emphasis is oh I am the kingdom of that, of 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 God but the, what is also saying in that same statement is that they brought you and me from somewhere. So if you don't understand, if we don't appreciate that first, there is no way for you to move from here to be. At times it is easier for people who have gone through certain things and say, ah, God rescued me from the kingdom of darkness. But there are people who we would, we would look at it in, 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 a, um, in a moment. But let me just... Now, let me just point something out to you before we go as we just look at this scripture. No, don't worry. Please just go on. We'll get to we're getting to it. It says, He has rescued us. 
Now, for a rescue to happen, rescue is not, when you go to a rescue support, somebody is not, come here, I've come to rescue. Is that, is that rescue? That means that there was a force. You were not just released. The Bible says that he has rescued us. So that means that there was a collision between two forces for you and me to be rescued out. Does this, I know, let's just lay the foundations a bit. I know for some people who have, you know, if you, if you have always been a person that, you know, you've always been around church, you know, life has always been good, you, you, you would, and, and we would, and we would, exp we would deal with that issue. And also those who are also have seen battle before and are now free, at times it doesn't mean that you are still not under their dominion. So, but when you look at rescue, the word rescue means that there was an asset under from the dominion. Dominion means where you are under somebody's control. He said he has rescued us from it. So if if we, if you say that rescue is just you know okay uh, maybe they just called me out no that's why he used the word dominion. Dominion means that where somebody has total control. So the Bible says that God has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the desert. Now we just I just had some pictures here of how rescue missions have been carried out. So. This is what happened. You, you did not just walk. See, <laughs> there is nobody that just walked into the kingdom of God. You were rescued. At times, this is one of the challenges. At times, we don't understand what is happening. But the Bible says that you and I were rescued. Let's go to the next. You see, you know, you have you have this also, you know. This is a rescue mission at the war front. So this me, this is me and you on the neck of Jesus, rushing us out of the of the war zone. But if you never, if if you cannot say that this thing was is because it could be that because you don't understand the dominion that devil has over you. And at times, one of the issues is that that's why the Bible's, you know. And if we, if God has now told you about kingdom, and you're looking at the kingdom of God, and this picture does not come to your mind, then you probably do not understand when Jesus said, go and proclaim Then we will begin to see, you know, when you look at this person now. Next slide, please. No. This is a soldier, but he's not on the rescue mission. And at times, this is us. We are soldiers of Christ, but there is no rescue mission anywhere. Now, this is one of the challenges where the Bible, when that Colossian said, he has brought us from the kingdom of darkness. Let's quickly go quickly, just, just so that. The Bible now says, into. That means that you were brought into a place. So that means that you can be at the peripheral of that kingdom and not necessarily be in it. Let's go to the slide I wanted to go to initially. Next one, please. Now, these are two prisons. This is the prison in India. This is the prison in Norway. This is even more better than India prison. <laughs> <But> <laughs> But these two people, they're in prison. 
if they are both sentenced to death, the hand is still the same. One may say that I'm not in prison. He is in prison. The day he's going to step out of that a line, that is when he will know that oh God, this may look like your house, but this is prison. And at times, this is the challenge with people. People think that because you are in this part, or they are in this part, they are not under the dominion. So at this part, there is freedom. You can hit what you like. You can enjoy yourself. You can, you know, you can play. You can play sports. You can even keep fit. Here, yeah, you are made to keep fit by force because there is no food. But what I'm trying to say is that both of them, as you see them, they are under captivity. They are under a dominion. Now, that is why Jesus will say that um, when, when Jesus will talk about that um, um, when we talk about rather than looking at what to eat or what to drink, we are talking about kingdom here because this one is hitting. You can look at his, his you know, his physique and see how that's physique. Even look at the water. You can't say that, you know. They used to say something in Nigeria. Um, I don't know how to put it, put it in. Ogawada, Olori, Elemon. So, that's it. A water in a prison. It's also a prisoner. He just has time that he goes home. He's coming back. <laughs> you can't what I'm trying to say. And when you see water also, it's the same food that they give prisoner that they eat. So, <laughs> you get out there, so they are, they are all prisoners. So, what, they are, what we are saying here is that they are both in captivity. Now, if our definition of the kingdom of God is that I am living a better life, you can be living a better life but still under the control of the kingdom of darkness. In fact, this man and the man in Nigeria in one village, the man in Nigeria is living a free life. Who, this man is under captivity. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Quickly. Verse 31. Let's go to Matthew 6, 31. Next one, please. He says, so do not worry about what to eat or what to, or, or what to, or what to, um, or what shall we drink or, or what shall we wear. For pagans look after all of this. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. So they are in need. Jesus did not say they are not in need. He said they are in need. But what you should concentrate on is the kingdom under whose dominion are you going to be. Because you can be in that Norway prison and have all of these mess, but you are still under dominion. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, see, when we are talking about, I'm just going to just say this, is that we are not talking about, the Bible says in Luke, Luke chapter 12, verse 32, it says that do not be afraid. It is, it is your father is, do not be afraid, little flock. So, the domain, what you, because as I begin to go into a little bit further, into, into how this dominions is established, first of all, it is not how big or how physically powerful that you are. The Bible says, do not be afraid, little flock. 
In fact, Jesus went and said also in Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. And Jesus said, Little children come to me and do not let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such. So what Jesus is also saying, I see, it is not it is not by power as it is to kind of talk about how the kingdom of God is established. Now I am saying that because when I begin to go, when we begin to, when I, I just open our heart, um, lead us into a little bit of of how the kingdom is established. Now the Bible says, "Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven." But before the kingdom of God was properly settled in heaven, there had to be a battle. The kingdom of God did not just settle like that. That's why you have when you go to Revelations chapter 12. The Bible says, verse 7, then war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the, and, and the dragon and his angel fought back. So it wasn't this rescue mission of bringing that area under the dominion of God. The devil did not say, oh, they are fighting, let us go. The Bible says that the, the dragon and his angels fought back. The Bible says, but he was not strong enough. They, they lost their place in heaven. So that means that there was a constant battle of trying to clear out heaven. And see, you would say that in verse 9. Um, okay, verse 9 says, The great dragon was huddled down. So when they said something was huddled down, that means that it did not, it, the devil did not just say, Okay, see you later. I, I would, you know, we would. We, would we'll, we'll have some conversation around this. He was kicked out of heaven. And the Bible says that the ancient trumpet called the devil, the Satan, who leads the world astray, was hauled down to heat and, and, and with his angels with him. Now, verse 10 is where I'm going. The Bible says, Now I heard a loud, a loud voice from heaven. Now salvation, now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God. So what, before heaven could declare that the kingdom of God is now established, there was a battle that happened. It says, and the authority of his Messiah. So, basically, what we are talking about here is that when that battle, when that kingdom of God did not just come to place because God just said, you know, let's have a kingdom and, and everything just said, okay, it didn't work that way. So, when Jesus said, go and proclaim the kingdom, you're in your mind, you need to expect a resistance. Or else, that is not yet. You know, the kingdom is not properly established. That is, and you will begin to see how Jesus began to express this. When you ask people, when I can ask people at times and say, you know, why did Jesus cast out demons? Is it because he did not like how demons were, were disturbing them? No. It was an expression because once a kingdom comes against another, they are going to battle for that space. So you will see it in, in Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, verse um, 19 to 20. The Bible, Jesus now said, now if I drive out the demons by um, Bezebel, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then 
you, so then they will, they will be your judges. Verse 20. If I drive out demons by the kingdom of God, then that is how you will know that the kingdom of God has taken over a place. Because the first thing it will attack. Why? Because it is about establishing a kingdom. So when 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 you enter a place, if you carry when you carry the spirit of God, and somebody who is who has um, 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 who is possessed or has an evil spirit walks out of it, is not that you have, you say that you have not fought, you didn't do anything, you don't have to do anything because a, a kingdom has clashed, and you don't have to call them to fight the kingdom because. Please remember, what we are talking about is dominion, where you rule. Does this make sense? We are still going to how this affects us, don't worry. Amen. So you begin to see that. So when Jesus would, so Jesus said, when you see that, when you see the devil run from a place, it is because the kingdom has been established in that place. And two kingdoms cannot stay in place. So as we read on, you will begin to see that Jesus was talking in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus was saying, and as you go, proclaim the kingdom of heaven. As come there. If you see all that say, hear the sick, raise the dead, if you see where he handed it again, drive out demons. Why? Because, no, we, we it is a kingdom that is we, we, this, we cannot stay in the same place. Because there has to be a rescue mission attached to the kingdom. God help us in Jesus' name. Now, do you know the problem now? This is where, this is where I think a bit of a challenge is. Is that as graphic as we are painted what is happening using the scriptures when the kingdom of God is beginning to be established you do not know or if you don't understand what to look for you would not know I give you an example from the scriptures Luke chapter 17 see what Jesus was asked once one on, on on being asked by the Pharisees, when would the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of the, the the coming the coming of the kingdom of God is not something you can that can be observed. He said, No, people will say it is here or there. So he's saying that you are expecting some some mighty drama to know that the kingdom of God is invading the place. He now said, he said, he said, because the kingdom of God is already in the midst of you. So, how come they did not know that the kingdom of God is already advancing in the place? I believe that this is one of the challenges you will have in the body of Christ. We are still trying to, we are trying to see how the kingdom of God enters a place by observation or by the how how it it blows up. But the kingdom of God does not start by blowing up. There is a pattern by scriptures by which the kingdom of God invades a place. When I will give you an you know I used to say this you know when you see people go in trance. That is not when the Spirit of God entered the place. The, the way, the, and I, why I'm pointing out to, to this is that, so that as we begin to see, see, we have a challenge out there. And, like I said, the virus things are happening. But if the church does not understand 
because we are trained ourselves in such a way that when the kingdom of God appears, so there are, there are things that we are using to try to establish the kingdom of God that the scripture does not say we should. But it has been happening for long, for maybe for a while, and everybody is okay with it because, because, because probably we are in Norway prison. Things are still happening. Now that we now want to cross the, the boundaries of the prison wall, they say, hey, excuse me, go back. And so this is why we're looking, one of the things we're looking, he said, Jesus said, see, the kingdom of God can, can, is not something you can observe. So that means that it's not something that you would, you know, when they are blowing, uh, uh, what's this called? Um, fireworks. And you see, that's the kingdom. Oh, the kingdom of God has landed in that place. No, Jesus said, no, that's not it. He now said that the kingdom of God is already in your midst. So how come the kingdom of God was already progressing in their midst and they never knew? So we need to look closer and see what Jesus, the tool that Jesus was using to establish the kingdom as he came to the world. Let's go to Luke chapter, 10, chapter 13, sorry. Now, from verse 18 to 21. The Bible says, then Jesus asked, then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? So how, how does the kingdom of God progress in a place? He said, what shall I compare it to? He said, it is like a mustard seed. Again, see what Jesus was already saying in the previous scripture that we read. The kingdom of God is already functioning in your midst, but you cannot observe it. You don't know that it's already at work. So Jesus was saying, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. That when that mustard seed, the Bible says that it's like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden. See, when the kingdom of God is already, we are talking about establishing the kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying, when that seed is dropped into the ground, the kingdom is already at work. He said, he said, and it grew and it became a tree. Now, the problem is that we are probably the condition that until it becomes a tree, you have not seen the kingdom of God. But if that means that, but if I'm always waiting till a tree, do you know what will happen? When when I see mustard seed, what would I do? I'll treat it with. Because the kingdom. In our, Jesus now went again and he explained it even further. Let's go to verse 20. He said, Again, he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? So Jesus was, the Bible says, He, he had to say, Ah, all people want to get here. They don't understand what is happening here. So Jesus said, What again can I compare it to? He said, It is like a yeast. That a woman took and mixed into 60 pounds of flour. You know, when you put little yeasts into a big, a big, a big um, bowl of flour, he said that, he said that, he said that, and you begin to mix it until it, it goes all over around it. You will not see the power of that yeast until when you begin to bake. So Jesus was saying, it is not when it was baking that the flour began to rise. It was since the yeast was put into it. Does this, do, do we get where, where we're going? Where, do, we, do we get to this point? Amen. Amen. Uh, okay. Luke chapter... Sorry, let's go to the next the slide, please. Now, this is a mustard seed. A mustard seed. And this is the tree that comes out of it. So Jesus said, this is how the kingdom of God works. It is like a mustard seed. 
that when Jesus did not even say, Jesus did not even say mustard seeds. He said a mustard seed. That once you put it into the ground, you may not, you may not know that the kingdom of God has already kickstarted its work. Because we are programmed to look for the tree and not the seed. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay. So when Jesus had, we've gotten to the point, we know we've demonstrated the kingdom, but we had to come to that point. Because at times when we talk about the, the, um, when the Bible begins to explain to us that when it comes to the kingdom of God, there is, there is violence, there is, there is activity. We used to, we, we are also expecting that the way it would happen, it would, it would be established. It's going to come from that magnitude. But you say, no, that's not how it works. So let's go to that. Um, let's go further and try to observe that particular seed that Jesus is talking about. And you will see how. Let's quickly go to Matthew chapter 13. The Bible says, listening to what the parable of the sower means, anyone who hears the message about the kingdom of God and does not understand it, and the evil one comes and snatches it away. He said, from their own heart. He said, that seed falls, that is the seed that falls along the pathway. So Jesus began to say that the seed that plants the kingdom of God in the place, it is the scriptures, the word of God. At times, you know, because we have been, we, we, we don't, you know, it just had how the body of Christ has come. Ah, you, you, oh, teaching is too much. Let us, ah, we are looking for, Jesus said, no, no, see, this is the seed. Let's read on, please. Amen. He said, the seed fall into the rocky ground, and um, he, he, said, he, said, he said, anyone who hears the word, and does not receive it with so now we can we can talk about that you know how to later on but i'm just trying to but since it did not have root it did not last so because of trouble persecution comes and the world is quickly falling away let's read them please amen now so we saw in that place that the king that the word of that that the king, that, that the, the seed that the Bible is referring to is the word of God. So when a word is going on, when the word is being taught, the kingdom of God is gradually finding is the seed is being dropped in that place. And it's growing. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's, let's just go on to this one. So Luke chapter 8, verse 9 to 11. The Bible says, Then, he did, then the disciples asked him about what the parable meant. And Jesus said, The knowledge of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but not to others. So I speak to them in parables, seeing that they may not see and things like that. He said, This is the meaning of the parable, verse 11. The seed. The seed that I was explaining to you that is dropped is the word of God. One of the challenge is that is that is that when we when we see and this is where the church the body of Christ is missing bit by bit because we don't understand that how the kingdom is being established is that the seed of the word of God is first of all put into the ground. 
and as it's put into the ground, it begins to gather expression. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So let's um, let's read read on, please. Luke Luke chapter um, eleven verse. Um, yeah, he said, "Sorrow awaits the expats." Now, he said, "He said, sorrow awaits you expats in the religious law." So they were teachers, and Jesus said, "Because you remove the key." Of knowledge from the people, and you do and you do not enter into the kingdom yourself. So Jesus was saying the problem why people are not entering the kingdom is because the key of knowledge, the key of knowledge has been taken away. So as a result, they are limited. To be able to enter the kingdom of God. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now there is there is one um, let's go please to Matthew chapter 13. I think it's up, please. I think it's up. Matthew 13. Yeah. So we've, we've established that. I want to just point to one thing. I know that I might not be able to finish it today, but Jesus said here, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed a good seed in the field. Please, we know that we've explained that that seed is the scriptures, the word of God. He now said, but everyone, was, while everyone was sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went his way. And when the wheat sprouted and turned and, and formed heads and the seed also. Please, can I? So, do we agree to this point that the seed here is the wheat? Does that make sense? So, how does the how do you sow wheat? Seeds. So what that means is that the scripture, the teaching of the scripture will be slightly tainted. The scripture is still there, but they will, the, the scripture will be mixed a little bit. And what happens? The kingdom of God begins to lose its strength over the ground. Because the seed has been mixed. When people begin to say, you know, you cannot be teaching that now, you know, oh, that thing is too harsh, it's too, you know, you don't understand how people feel. What is happening is that the, the word of God is being tilted. And that is what, do you know that the Bible says, the Bible says when the enemy came, he did not clear away all the word of God. He didn't clear the seed. He just hardened to it. He hardened to it. So the scriptures is being taught. I am hardening my own experience or my own way, view of life to it. I am analyzing scripture through culture. I'm analyzing scripture through through whatever it is that I've allowed. Rather than hearing the scripture all diluted. That is why Paul uh, Peter was saying, he said, crave for the undiluted milk of the word of God. That means that there is a diluted version. So what happens in this case is because when that is already diluted, you brought it down to your level, how it suits you. The, what has happened is that there has been some seed that has been added to it. So what happens is that that kingdom cannot proceed. Because it is already mixed up with different versions. So when we are calling, Father, let your kingdom come. Say, the kingdom is already, it's already, they've mixed a couple of things to it. 
That's why he said, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sows a seed in the field. But when he was sleeping, that means that when you are not vigilant about what you hear, when you cannot take time to go through scriptures and say, how does this actually apply to the word of God? If you don't have an attitude of study, I was talking to a couple of people recently, and I used to say to them, someone was talking to me about, about, about very, you know, very deep encounters and things. And I said to them, I said, show me scriptures, please. I get what you have said. Can you take me through the pattern of scriptures? Somebody was giving a prophecy and he said, I was talking about this event that has happened. Talking about the vaccine and things and things like that. So the person said, it's the first thing he said, he said, I know that from the study of scripture, this the the pattern of how the marks of the beast is not being followed. However, I had a revelation. I said, uh, excuse me, you can't just. <laughs> Do you know what Jesus is saying? This is what scripture says. God, this is what I saw. I said, I, I cannot, sorry, I, I cannot, I, I am not denying the fact that you saw Jesus walking down the road. It is not a problem. But the Bible says, after I had a deep revelation of Jesus walking me through the road, I come back to scriptures and test it against scriptures. That is how or else they, the devil will come and plant seeds. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, that is why at times you know, people may, because at times, see, at times even when somebody talks to me, I am, I am, I am taking my time. Not that I am, not that I am questioning what that person has said. But for me to be able to apply it properly, I need to go through scriptures and be finding asking God, okay, teach me. How do I go through this? Or else somebody can say, see, at times, one of the things is that when a prophecy comes, it may say to you, you have a dick. You've had you have a dick. You are not, not going to go and look for you rather than going to the pharmacy and say, I have been diagnosed with this. How what are the prescriptions in the word of God to deal with this issue? Do you get what I'm trying to say? No, I know the person will not be offended. In fact, I just wanted to share it so that you know we we can all, you know, we're all led. We, I was just having a chat with somebody and we're talking about somebody who was, who was, um, who is, who is, who is, who is really sick and things like that. And the person was sharing with me and saying that, um, you know, and I loved it that we could, we could kind of agree at the point. And the person was sharing with me that, you know, God laid in your heart. And I believe that's what God said. That God said that, you know, it is for this person's soul it must be saved. And so that their soul will be saved and things like that. So and I, and I said that, and I said, okay, I said, then that means that for this person, if this person is in coma and their soul has to be saved, then that means it cannot be saved in coma. That means we have to pray for the person to come back to life and can be saved. You see how you see how we can hear God, and when we put it in the context of scripture. You know where that doesn't mean God hasn't spoken. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That doesn't mean God hasn't spoken. But when the scripture, and this is what this is what I hope that we'll be able to do. So at times, you know, when I challenge what you say, it doesn't mean that I am trying to I'm saying that, oh, he's saying I didn't hear God. No. Because you know, like like um somebody was in trance. One day, you know, you know, and the person called me, and the person was talking about that. They saw that they were changing their clothes to blue, to red, to whatever it is on a daily basis. And I said, okay, that's good. 
and we sat down, that person was sitting in church, we sat down and we went through scriptures, what it meant. Then I began to talk about the tabernacle. But do you know what somebody else would have done? Uh, um, uh, you know? Blue, red, pink, and things like that. God help us. So that, that is why at times, you know, it is not, it is, that scripture says, whatever it is that you have seen, no matter what, see, it is even, and, and, and this is one of the things that, uh, sorry, I know that this is, I'm just going to run this up quickly, is that I was listening to a couple of prophets who were talking about the issues that arose from this Trump issue. It's because prophets, people believe that they cannot be wrong. And what we don't understand is that those are Old Testament prophets. There is a difference. You will never see anywhere in the Old Testament where the Bible says, when Elijah is speaking, let somebody judge. Show me one. Maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't get that. But in the New Testament, the Bible says, while we are speaking, let somebody else judge. Because in those days, they were the only ones who had the Spirit of God. But in these days, everybody can confirm one way or the other that this is along the line, according to scriptures. So when we now have people who are who are who are who are who are now you know functioning in a prophecy whereby you know when I when you say that I say I don't think that's what God is saying. You go, oh, what, what, what do you, I, I know I saw God, I saw this, I saw that. God help us in Jesus' name. You know that's one of the challenges that somebody was pointing out. Is that when we now have a prophetic team that, you know, but like somebody fondly said, which is the truth, if we want to walk by prophetic ministry of the whole testament, it's not a problem. But we should also be ready to get the consequences of the whole testament. Because God gave a clear one in the whole testament. If a prophet gets it wrong, stone them to death. In the New Testament, if the prophet is wrong, the Bible says, sit them down and educate them. That is the way the Bible says, you know, God help us in Jesus' name. It's interesting that, you know, 2 Corinthians did not even say that, did not even say that um, if people are prophesying, the Bible says that if prophets, that's what 2 Corinthians says, if prophets are prophesying, so basically he's saying that the highest echelon of prophetic ministry, when they are talking, other prophets should sit down and judge that person. Sorry, and don't judge the person, judge the prophecy. God will help us with this thing. You know, some, some people are now saying, because we are so, we cannot get it wrong. Some people are now saying that, you know, Trump is the president, but he's also the president in, in the spirit. <laughs> it's just, why can't we just say, I am wrong? Trump is the president in the spirit. Is, did he vote, did he vote him to, to become spirit president? <laughs> Just, just, you know, just say, oh, this is just kind of, you know, just look at it. And I just say, oh, people are still watching. Oh, yes, 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 we believe that, we believe that. He's our president in the spirit. So where is Jesus? God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I will just, so, please, it is important that the word of God, we realize that the word of God is, is the tool by which God implants his, his, his kingdom. But one thing is that people just ignore it and they are looking for the kingdom, but the kingdom is actually being planted by the world. So, learn to sit down and study. Take time to listen to sermons. Take time to listen because the kingdom of God is gradually being planted and is growing and growing and growing until it gets hold of that place. God help us in Jesus' name. The last thing I'm going to say, because I have, uh, the last thing I'm just going to say is this. One other tool by which we plan the kingdom of God is prayer. And you will see that when Jesus said, um, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 to 10, he said, and he said that you should pray. That this is how you should pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the two main tools is the word and prayer. 
and you will see how the apostles also did it. Acts chapter 2. Let's quickly go because Acts chapter 2, because we have to pray. Acts chapter 2, verse. The Bible says that, and those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to, to the church, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves. They gave themselves up to the apostles' teaching. So they deliberate. So those were the two things that the apostles' teachers are to fellowship and to sharing of meal, including the, the, the Lord's Supper and prayer. Then you could see the result of the kingdom of God. The Bible says, "And deep, um, uh, deep fear came upon uh, upon them all, and the apostle performed many miracles." So it was even a culture in the church. There was deep. There was called people devoted themselves. Devoting means that you willingly give yourself to. So they are not pushing you. They are not saying, you know that it is time for this now. Why don't you do this now? No. They devoted themselves. And when you go to Acts chapter 6, you will see the same word. The Bible says that then the apostles, so do, so then, so then we, the apostles, can. Spend our time. Another version will tell you, devote our time to prayer and to the teaching. So those two foundations are what God uses to establish his kingdom. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we go on, please, let and Please, we are not talking about cramming scriptures. No, the scripture must start, it must, it must, first of all, embedded in your whole life. Because the kingdom of God starts from inside of you. You cannot build, you cannot, you cannot rescue somebody into a kingdom that you are not in. Let us rise up, please, because our time. So. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.